This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. So, mashallah, it's, it's, uh, it's really awesome to get to talk to his brothers and have a nice exclusive little sitting with just the guys and uh, allows me to kind of keep it a little more informal. Uh, for those of you who showed up in the earlier session, you see that I want to kind of just, just kind of let it all out, just say what needs to be said. And then you see a couple of uncles start to freak out, then you pull back a little bit, then you say something, then you retract. So just by nature, I, I enjoy just kind of talking to the guys and keeping it very loose and just saying what needs to be said. So this type of setting is really great for that. It's awesome for that. Um, I was thinking about what to talk to the guys about. I asked a couple of my friends. I texted a couple of uh, people that I know. Mashallah, they're also good brothers, good speakers. I kind of texted them, asked them what they thought I should talk about. And it's actually a, a topic I've talked about a lot in my own community with the youth and the brothers in my own community and I thought that would be good today. It seems like a really played out topic, it seems like something that gets talked about a lot but and, and I should say this at the same time because a lot of these talks make it almost sound like friends are bad, be a loner. Like, <laughs> it's not some like, it's not some psychotic commercial, be a loner, right? So it's not, no that's not it. We're human beings, we're social creatures. It is an, it's, it's human need to want friends. If you don't have friends, there's something wrong with you. If you don't feel the need for friends, there's something wrong with you. It's human need to want friends. You know what the Prophet said? And this is really beautiful. I don't want to get completely sidetracked, but Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Prophet Sallallahu he said that if I had not made, like if my best friend wasn't Allah, if my best, best friend, like that one best friend you have. If my best friend wasn't Allah, then I would have made Abu Bakr my best friend. Meaning that slot's already been filled. But otherwise, if it wasn't Allah, because he's Muhammad Rasulullah so his best friend's of course gonna be Allah himself. But he said if it wasn't, لَتَّخَطُوا أَبَا بَكْرَ خَلِيلًا لَتَّخَطُوا أَبَا بَكْرٍ خَلِيلًا I would have taken Abu Bakr to be my best friend. So even the Prophet had homies and friends. So it, it's natural to want friends. And friends can be an amazing thing and can be an amazing influence on a person and can be there for you in difficult times and help you be a better person. But I'm just talking about the effect and the influence a friend can have on a person. That it can go that far. It really can go that far. So ha- choosing the right friends is extremely important. And one issue that comes up in the, in the topic of friendships and the people that you hang out with and you associate with is, you know, and this is something we rationalize. And a lot of times we're very intelligent, we're very, you know, especially the guys that are more intelligent, the guys that are more mature, the guys that have good strong personalities are, used, are usually the ones that end up falling into this trap more than the others. And that is the more outgoing, the more confident, the stronger of a personality you have, you start to convince yourself that you're above the influence. You're above the influence. Like I can hang out with some guys and not just get caught up in their mess. 
I can, I can, I can manage myself. I can control myself. I'm not some zombie. I'm not some crony. I'm not some groupie. I, I can manage my own self. I'm just hanging out with these guys because they're kind of cool, or I just, you know, I like to just uh, play ball with these guys, or study with these guys, or just, you know, they have good taste in food, so I just go eat out with them or whatever. But I can, I can totally manage myself. I'm not affected by them. I'm not one of those weak-minded people. I'm a leader, not a follower. And it's really easy to convince yourself of that. And by the way, the number one uh, thing that convinces you of that is shaitan, by the way. Shaitan loves to convince people of that. Because at the end of the day, shaitan knows that no matter how confident and strong your personality is, he's more confident and has a stronger personality than even you do. So he has no problem by saying, yeah, man, you're awesome, keep going. Because he knows at the end of the day, he'll be able to get in your head. So he kind of wants to push you out there into treacherous like territory, treacherous terrain, like unstable footing. He pushes you out there and then just you know, pulls out the rug from right under you and bam, you're gone. And, and the Prophet gives us a beautiful example about how you can think you're above that influence, you're above that pressure, and you can just hang out with somebody without being affected by them, no matter what it is. Like a lot of you guys, anybody here in college already? A lot of you guys, okay, some of you guys. You know, especially, the, by the way, the further you get in life, the older you get, the bigger this becomes a problem. This is actually a bigger problem for the older guys than it is for the younger guys. Because you start to rationalize that more, you become more confident, more mature. You think you're in control. Right? So the, with the younger guys, there's some guys, you know, some guys at your school or whatever, the cool guys. So you like to hang out with them or play ball with them or shoot hoops with them, whatever it is. And then they, they're having a little hangout afterwards, they're hanging out at somebody's house and there's going to be girls there and everything like that. So you figure, I'm going to go there, I'm just, I just play ball with these guys, so I'll be there. But I won't get caught up in any of that nonsense, no, 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 I'm above that. I'm too, I'm, too, I'm too good for that. I'm strong, I can manage myself. No, you can't. When you get into college and it starts to change, now, now the guys are going out to a club, they're going out to a bar, they're going out to some... Uh, some, some, some concert or something. Some band is playing in town. There's a party at a frat house. Something of that nature. And once again, these are just the guys you know you study with, you kind of hang out with, you, uh, guys who live in your dormitory. So you feel like, you know, I'm just kind of going with them so I don't, they don't think I'm weird or anything like that. I'm just going to see what's going on, but I, I won't get affected by any of that. Don't think yourself above that. And it gets worse as you get older. Once you graduate from college, you get a really nice job, professional job. Now all of a sudden, you know what, you know what uh, everybody does after work? They go for drinks. And so, but I work with these people. You know, I get left behind to talk about work. Okay. I had a good friend call me at night. He's crying on the other side of the phone. Really, really close personal friend. He's crying on the other side of the phone. What happened? And he doesn't even want to tell me, but he calls me because he needs to talk. But he won't tell me what's going on. Finally tells me he got drunk. And this was somebody that I looked up to. He was, I, I used to admire his strength and his conviction. I was like, what happened? How could that happen? And he's like, because they would all go out for drinks afterwards, after work. New, trying to make it out there in a cutthroat field extremely competitive and he said I never used to go and they would talk about work over drinks 
So I was like, I got to go. I got to stay in the loop. I got to be in on what's going on at work. So I went two days, three days, a couple of weeks. Eventually, the pressure cracked me. I tried something. And then just snowballed from there. Now he's getting drunk like crazy. He doesn't know what to do anymore. Now he's like drowning in that evil, the sin. And he can't find his way out. And so it's a real danger. And it continues. Like I said, no one's immune from it. Sometimes even the older you get, the more of a problem it becomes. So the Prophet ﷺ, he gives a beautiful example. He said having a good friend is like, it's like having a friend who's a perfumer. A perfumer. You know, today we buy colognes and perfumes at the department store. But even then, when you're walking through the department store and you pass through the perfume section, doesn't it smell like really nice? Or it can smell like really rancid as well, depending on the cologne they're trying to push on you, right? So, but like a classical, like very in the traditional sense of perfumer, you have to see what that's like. It's amazing stuff. Um, I actually got to know this one family for hundreds of years. For hundreds of years, for the last like five, six hundred years, their family business, what their family does is they make perfumes. They used to perf supply, like his great-grandfathers and stuff, they used to supply perfumes to kings. So they were like the royal perfumers, like the Mughal kings and stuff. They used to per supply perfume to them. So it's like a family of perfumers. It's, they have like these secret recipes to make certain types of perfume, and it's like the family treasure. Like they literally keep the recipe, the ingredients like locked in a safe. Right, so it was, it was pretty cool getting to know them. I was a really regular customer, so I used to hang out and they would tell me these little cool things about their history and stuff. Um, and, and I literally experienced it. So they had like this back room where they used to cook up like the ingredients and mix all the different stuff together. And just being in that room was amazing. You would literally just be in that room for like 10 minutes and when you walked out, if you ran into somebody, they would just be like, wow, you smell good. <laughs> you smell like a bath and body works. <laughs> no, you don't smell like a woman. But, you know, so they would be like, wow, you smell amazing. And you were just in, standing in there for 10 minutes. You didn't even put anything on you. It's because it's all the raw materials and they're mixing it up and everything. It's all, the air is thick, literally. Like you can taste it in the air. Because they're using all these raw ingredients and cooking that stuff up. So the Prophet said having a good friend's like that. Meaning even if you didn't put it on you, you'll still just smell good just by being around him. His being a good person will rub off on you. The way he respectfully talks to people will rub off on you. His habit of saying salam to people will rub off on you. Next time, after two, three times, whenever you run into like some other people, and you're that dude that just kind of goes like, this mean mugs people, right? <laughs> and he's like, Salaam alaikum, Salaam alaikum, Salaam alaikum. He said, goes around saying salam to everybody. Salaam alaikum, brother, how's it going? And he sees an uncle, he says, Salaam alaikum, uncle, how are you doing? He's got that really respectful tone to him. He says, Salaam. Two, three, four, five times later, you know what's going to rub off on you? Next time you run into some people, and next you're going to catch yourself saying, Salaam alaikum, Salaam alaikum. It rubbed off on you. So you're not regular about prayer? And you guys are watching the Bears game, right? And he says, you gotta pray. Or maybe he doesn't even bother you at first. He just kind of go, gets up, goes quietly, makes his wudu. You see him in the corner off there praying while everybody's still sitting around watching the game. 
And then next Sunday, he's praying again in the corner. The third Sunday, when you see him get up to go, you're going to be like, oh, where are you going? He's like, I'm just going to go pray real quick. Yeah. It just rubbed off on you. That's all it takes. And obviously, like we talked about, but the bad friend works the same way. The prophet said the bad friend's like a blacksmith. A blacksmith. Again, I realize, and myself included, I grew up in the burbs. Right? So I never seen a real blacksmith. I actually, I've been in the third world. I've been overseas. So that's where I saw a blacksmith. Otherwise, I wouldn't have seen no blacksmith in the suburb of Dallas either. But most of you I probably haven't seen a real, real blacksmith. But it's, it's a nasty scene. It's a nasty scene. Once again, you can't even breathe in there. They just learn. They just get used to breathing in there. But I literally was, was, was at one of these places. And when you walk out of there, when you like spit, it's all black. You blow your nose and it's like black that comes out from there. And it's not like I worked or something. I was standing in there for about 15 minutes. But you walk out from there and you're like blowing your nose and black. It's like all dirty inside. It has such an effect on you for just being there for 10 minutes, just standing in the room. And that's what a bad friend's like. It rubs off on you. It ru completely rubs off on you. Right? I mean, most people who've tried a cigarette, how did it happen? You didn't wake up one morning and say, nicotine. <laughs> I'm going to have nicotine for breakfast. Nobody wakes up in the morning just saying that one day. You're with somebody and they go... And you watch them do it, and you're like, nah. And then the second day, it's like after school, it's like, nah. I still remember there was a canal behind our school. Yeah. And all the guys would go there, and they would smoke their cigarettes that they stole from their parents. All right? And that's how it happens. That's how everybody's tried whatever they've ever tried. It's from somebody else. Just being around them. So that's how things work. So nobody's above the influence, so to speak. Everybody's susceptible. Every, we're human. It's how we function. You go outside, you feel cold. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why. It affects you. You feel it. So that's exactly it. And that's something really important that needs to be understood. That we're not above the influence. We're impacted. We're affected by it. So understanding, first of all, it's human need to want friends. Number two... <coughs> that friends have an influence, whether, and the people, I keep saying friends, doesn't even take friends. People you hang out with, people that you're around. So human beings need to be around other people, other human beings. But here's the problem, the people that you're around will have an impact and an influence on you. More so than you, you give credit, more so than you realize, or you're willing to accept. And that could be good or bad. And it could be so bad, where it could go to the point of literally such severe regret and remorse like I explained on the Day of Judgment. So now we come to something practical. Practical thing is, you know, recently we had a couple of programs where we, in Dallas, uh, in, in, in our local community, we talked about a lot of important things from hijab to, um, you know, gender relations and things like that. So a very common question that comes up a lot of times, especially in the area of gender relations, you know, how do I manage it? How do you deal with it? It's all around us. Like especially this type of evil, this type of problem of like guys and girls and the whole business. Like that's, that's one of the most difficult problems to avoid for younger people today. 
And the recommendation I always give, number one recommendation, is by finding like-minded company. Because you know what the circle that you have, the friends that you have, the people that you keep company with, you know what they essentially are? They insulate you. Like, what's the only way to not die by being out there in the cold right now? Is by being? By being layered. Having something on, a coat, a scarf, a cap, to have a hood, to have something on that insulates you from the cold, that protects you from the cold. That's the only way you'll survive out there. So the only thing that sur helps us survive in society and in culture and everything that's going on all around us is an insulation. And what insulates us, socially speaking, is the, the friends that you have. So when you find friends, I'll tell you, I know you guys are brothers, so I want to show you the flip side of this as well. One of my younger cousins, uh, sister, she, you know, wanted to wear hijab in high school, but was struggling with it. Didn't have a lot, so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like these parts of Chicago where you have, I think there's probably more of you people than there are like other people in your <laughs> schools a lot of times, right? So, but it wasn't like that. It was very few Muslim students at the school. And there wasn't even an Islamic high school or anything like that. There were no other alternatives, no other options. She wanted to wear hijab, but she felt the pressure of just being singled out like that. So how do I survive? How do I do it? So I asked her, I said that, are there any other Muslim girls at your school? So yeah, there's a couple others. I said, we'll get to know them, talk to them. So she got to know them, found out who they were, found out the parents kind of knew each other, good, good kids as well, from good families as well. Kind of talked to them and I said, now bring up, once you get to know them and you break the ice and you see you guys have a lot in common on the same page, then bring up the hijab issue with them. And subhanAllah, when she brought her up, they found out they've been wanting to start wearing their hijab as well, but feeling the same pressure she was feeling. So now these three girls start wearing hijab together at the same time. And I told them, then you just form like this little circle. You just stay within yourselves. You insulate yourselves. E and even each other. From any and all pressure that you might feel from the outside. And that's what they did. They would hang out together. They try to make, you know, get their schedules synced up as much as they could. They would have lunch together. Everything. Walk to school together, walk back home together. Just like that, three. So they were three weirdos now instead of one weirdo. But because the fact they were three weirdos, they didn't have to worry what anybody else thought about because I don't care. I got two friends, my best friends now, that, that just, I don't even care what anybody else says. I got two more people to talk to, to eat with, to sit with, that'll talk to me, that'll hang out with me. So I don't care what anybody else thinks. And subhanAllah, it, it, I, one day I was actually driving by the high school, it's kind of like an open, it's one of the older schools in the area, so it's kind of smaller, so they built the, they had to create the extensions and the buildings literally across the street. So it's like a street that passes through. So I was driving down that street, and um, they got like some benches and stuff outside, and I saw all three of them sitting together on the bench. And they just got like their own little like corner, and nobody like stands near them or anything, right? But they got their own little corner, they had taken over like a little section of the courtyard. And they're sitting there having their lunch all through, and I saw them too, you can't miss them, right? So I just saw them sitting there, and I was like, mashallah. And that's literally what friends can do. That's how you can avoid the, uh, the other external influences as well. So you insulate each other. 
So never underestimate the value of finding like-minded friends. Memorize that word, like-minded, and know what it means. They have similar values that you have. They have the same goals that you have. Spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking. They get it. Right? And that's going to be so valuable for you. You, you, you can't imagine how valuable. When, you, when you've been through the trenches together with friends like that, you guys know what that means? Going, being, being in the trenches? You've gone through the tough times. You've been through tough times with these two, three, four, five, whatever those friends, those like-minded friends. You guys were synced up. You were on the same page. Same goals, trying to same away, stay away from the same bad things. When you've been through difficult times with those friends like that, those are lifelong bonds. Those will be your best friends for life. My, those are still my friends. I have so many people now, other imams and other speakers and shiuk and this and that. And a lot of people and they're friends as well. And I value their relationship and their, their, their friendships. And I love these people. But when, if somebody was to ask me about my, 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 my guys, my friends, they were the guys I went to high school with. Two in specific. Two guys specifically. One was a convert brother. He took Shada with us. He took Shada in middle school. And so that brother, and there's just one other guy. He's an extremely shady character today. All right? No. But he's a good brother, mashallah. And, and, but, you know, in life, just generally speaking, one's an attorney, one's a lawyer. One's, he's, he's, uh, he's into, the, into car stuff. So he actually has a business. He owns a couple of auto shops. Like, like a mechanic shop, an auto body shop, but he restores like old classical cars and stuff. Completely different. What is an attorney, an imam, and a guy that restores classical cars out in common? <laughs> we survived together. We survived high school and college together. That's what we have in common. That's what we have in common. So we were different people, programmed differently, but we did have similar goals. The ultimate goal was similar. We wanted to be Muslim. And we wanted to be good Muslims. And we wanted to make sure we remained Muslims. And we made Allah happy. We pleased Allah. And we were there for each other through this difficulty. And we made it. Alhamdulillah. And I actually see, very rarely see them. Because the attorneys, believe it or not, he travels more than I do. I didn't think it was possible. But he travels more than I do. And the, the car restoration guy, he's been, because the other two, we travel so much, he's in town all the time. And he takes care of his parents as well. May Allah bless them. They're really sick. But he takes care of his parents as well. So he's really busy. The two of us travel. We rarely see each other. The last time all three of us were actually sitting together was maybe like eight months ago. But those are still, I mean, I can't forget those guys. They're my best, best friends. If something major went down, those were the guys I would call. And so that's what happens. Those are the bonds, the friendships that you develop, that you build. Because you've been in the trenches together, like I said. And so, just wanted to emphasize that to you guys about how important it is, and how practical it is, and how real it is. And it's important to find those type of, that, that circle, that friend, that group, that, you can, that can help you survive. He took Shada in middle school. And so that brother, and there's just one other guy. He's an extremely shady character today. All right? No. But he's a good brother, mashallah. And, and, but, you know, in life, just generally speaking, one's an attorney, one's a lawyer. One's, he's, he's, uh, he's into the, 
into car stuff. So he actually, as a business, he owns a couple of auto shops, like like a mechanic shop and auto body shop, but he restores like old classical cars and stuff. Completely different. What is an attorney, an imam, and a guy that restores classical cars have in common? <laughs> we survived together. We survived high school and college together. That's what we have in common. That's what we have in common. So we were different people, programmed differently, but we did have similar goals. The ultimate goal was similar. We wanted to be Muslim. And we wanted to be good Muslims. And we wanted to make sure we remained Muslims. And we made Allah happy. We pleased Allah. And we were there for each other through this difficulty. And we made it, alhamdulillah. And I actually see, very rarely see them. Because the attorneys, believe it or not, he travels more than I do. I didn't think it was possible. But he travels more than I do. And the the car restoration guy, he's been, because the other two we travel so much. He's in town all the time, and he takes care of his parents as well. May Allah bless them. They're really sick, but he takes care of his parents as well. So he's really busy. The two of us travel. We rarely see each other. The last time all three of us were actually sitting together was maybe like eight months ago. But those are still. I mean, I can't forget those guys. They're my best, best friends. If something major went down, those were the guys I would call. And so that's what happens. Those are the bonds, the friendships that you develop, that you build. Because you've been in the trenches together, like I said. And so, just wanted to emphasize that to you guys about how important it is. And how practical it is. And how real it is. And it's important to find those type of, that, that circle, that friend, that group, that, you can, that can help you survive.